BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Monday, July 16th, 2018. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, a Roku wireless speaker, better Uber pickups, Instapaper goes solo, what to expect from the Galaxy S10, and happy Amazon Prime Day, everybody. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Guess who else has decided to get into the speaker game? Roku. The company today unveiled Roku TV wireless speakers that use the company's Roku Connect platform to link up with Roku-powered smart TVs over Wi-Fi. The speakers are going to be available exclusively from Roku.com in October for $200, but you can pre-order them today for a first-week price of $150. Now, there's a couple of caveats here. These are not necessarily smart speakers. These are speakers designed to make your Roku TV sound better. Roku notes that these days you can spend thousands of dollars to buy a super thin TV with a great screen, but inside that thin device you're probably not getting very good speakers, because there's just no room. And Roku has been aggressively expanding its line of Roku TV televisions, so these speakers are designed to work specifically with them. But it's not a full surround sound system. It's a very simple value proposition, actually. As Mark Eli, Roku's vice president of product management, puts it, quote, Our fundamental belief here is that by delivering a better sound experience, you get a better entertainment streaming experience, end quote. So again, not a full smart speaker per se, but they do come with the Roku voice remote. And it's not a sound bar like other companies have produced as the solution to flat screen TV sound. These speakers look slightly bigger than Sonos One's and you put them on either side of your TV for stereo purposes. The Verge's Haim Gartenberg got to test the speakers out, and this is the report. Quote, I was able to listen to a pre-production demo of the wireless speakers compared to the built-in speakers on a TCL Roku TV, and they do what Roku is promising here. The paired speakers offered a fuller, richer stereo sound than the TV speakers. Music had a better range, especially on the low end, and movie clips had more detailed audio than without the extra punch the speakers provided. We'll obviously have to wait for the speakers to come out to see how they sound compared to their competition, but Roku seems to have succeeded in its goal of outperforming the default option. Instapaper is becoming an independent entity again. The Read It Later and bookmarking service announced that its erstwhile owner, Pinterest, has agreed to allow a new company to be formed that will take over the ownership of the app. Pinterest bought Instapaper two years ago, but after GDPR passed, the service was suspended in Europe, raising questions as to whether or not the entire service would continue or not. The same development team that has been working on the app during the course of the Pinterest interregnum will continue to manage things going forward. On Twitter, Instapaper founder Marco Arment tweeted, quote, I bet this is very good news for the future of Instapaper. Last week, we mentioned Ming-Chi Kuo's predictions about what to expect from the forthcoming new iPhone announcements. Well, Kuo is back with more predictions, this time 
on what we might be able to expect from the soon-to-be-announced Samsung Galaxy S10. Ho believes Samsung will release three models of its flagship phone in 2019, a 5.8-inch version, a 6.1-inch version, and one with a 6.4-inch screen. He thinks the standout feature on the higher-end phones will be a fingerprint scanner built right into the screen. The Galaxy S9 currently has a fingerprint scanner on the back of the phone. Quoting from Business Insider, quote, Quo predicts Samsung could ship 40 million Galaxy S10 phones next year, mostly the two larger models, which will be more expensive. Samsung could also ship 14 million to 16 million Galaxy Note 10 phones next year, according to the TF International Securities forecast. Uber is still attempting to make the act of hailing a ride as fail-proof as possible. A few years ago, Uber started using Spot, which let users pick a color that would light up on LED bars installed in a driver's windshields. That way you could identify which car was your intended driver. A couple years ago, Lyft did something similar with its AMP dashboard light that assigned a color you could look for. Then Uber stepped up the game even more by rolling out an actual gadget called Beacon that Uber drivers could stick in their windshields. When you called for an Uber, you would select which color the beacon lit up so you knew who to look for. But that's only one part of the equation, right? Because until now, there was no way for the driver to identify you, which can be a problem if you're on a curb and there's a whole bunch of people waiting to be picked up. So today, Uber is rolling out what it calls Spotlight. As you see your Uber driver approaching on the map inside the Uber app, you can tap the Spotlight button and your screen is completely taken over by a bright color which you can then wave in the air to get your driver's attention. Apparently, each driver will be assigned a different random color gradient, and they'll get a message telling them which color to look for. But that's not all, because you can now message drivers easier and say something like, I'm the dude wearing the bright pink shirt. And Uber has added a much-requested feature. If you pre-schedule a ride, Uber now guarantees that the driver will show up at the time you've requested. If the driver doesn't show up within the expected time window, Uber will credit you $10 towards your next trip. Uber said in a statement that all of this is part of an effort not only to take more of the friction out of getting a ride when you need it, but also to make it easier for drivers and to reduce ride cancellations either on the part of the driver or the rider. Quote, human interaction is hard, says Uber senior project manager for rider experience Ryan Yu to TechCrunch's Josh Constein. Driver-initiated cancellations after the driver has arrived at the pickup point are particularly stressful. With these new features, we found cancellations on both sides reduce significantly, especially for drivers after they've arrived. Real talk. 52% of men over 40 experience some form of ED between the ages of 40 and 70. But it's always been a taboo topic. Thankfully, Hims is changing that by providing affordable access to ED treatment all online. Hims provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis, up to 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 per dose. 
The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Answer a series of questions on their site and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No insurance needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hims.com slash ride. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash ride for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash ride. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Recently, the world learned the power of artificial intelligence, a technology cybersecurity leaders have been leveraging for years. Now, as AI expands and evolves, those same security leaders are left wondering where humans fit into the next generation of AI-empowered security tools and solutions. Arctic Wolf, the industry leader in managed security operations, seeks to answer this question in their newly published report, The Human-AI Partnership. Access the insights of over 800 cybersecurity decision makers in North America and the United Kingdom to better understand how organizations are weighing the benefits and risks of deploying AI tools. Uncover the biggest obstacles to turning AI and human engineers into a formidable team. Discover why the near-term benefits of large language models are being upended by a crucial flaw in the technology. And learn what the rise of AI tools mean for human practitioners moving forward. Get your copy today at arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. That's arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. Speaking of the gig economy, we spoke last week about Uber improving its background checks on drivers. But obviously, Uber doesn't do background checks on riders, on their customers, right? Well, that's not the case for another on-demand service, Airbnb. If you want to stay at an Airbnb, you yourself have to submit to a background check as well. So if you have any convictions in your past, guess what? You might not even be allowed to be an Airbnb customer. As a piece in Quartz notes, this happened to Marlon Peterson, who's an activist, a podcaster, and soon-to-be-a-novelist. And full disclosure, Marlon happens to be a friend of mine and a fellow TED resident. Marlon was involved in a serious crime almost 20 years ago, but he's paid his debt to society, 10 years in prison. But that past conviction, no matter how long ago it was, means that Marlon can't even open an Airbnb account, much less rent accommodations on the service. As Marlon has said in a USA Today op-ed, quote, after years of healing and loving work, I am confronted yet again with the cruel reality that society makes people like me keep paying for mistakes far beyond our prison term, end quote. Having a conviction on your record doesn't mean you can't stay at a traditional hotel or can't get a job, but it does mean in a lot of cases you can't participate in the modern gig economy and not just as an employee, but in this case and a lot of others, even as a customer. How can it be sustainable to exclude people from parts of modern life that are rapidly becoming ubiquitous? There are 20 million people in the United States that have felony convictions, after all. Are they forever to be unable to participate in things like Uber or TaskRabbit or even WAG? This isn't some futuristic Black Mirror episode. This is a problem confronting people and companies right now, today. 
In the case of Airbnb, as Quartz says, quote, Airbnb's policy on who is allowed on the platform is messy, and it's not clear how exactly the company came up with its rules, end quote. Until Quartz pressed them on it, the help section on Airbnb's website was not exactly clear on the restrictions about who and who could not use their platform. As of an update that Airbnb made to the site last Thursday, things are a little more spelled out. There are certain crimes which mean users will never, ever be allowed to be Airbnb tenants or renters. Murder, rape, terrorism, that sort of thing. But other offenses apparently merit time-based bans. Burglary, larceny, you can't use an Airbnb for 14 years from the time of the conviction for those crimes. Fraud, even property damage, Airbnb hands down a seven-year ban. As Quartz writes, quote, the rise of the sharing economy has run into a widening push to stop denying the formerly incarcerated certain basic rights. The ban the box effort, which aims to look at job applicants without considering their conviction history, has been gaining steam in recent years. The debate gets complicated by the nature of the sharing economy, which, by pairing private citizens in exchange of services, largely depends on trust. In the case of Airbnb, it confronts people directly by coming into their homes, end quote. But as Marlon says, how long should people pay for mistakes of their past? When is enough enough, end quote. If a larger and larger percentage of our economy is going to operate on this trust-based system, is it fair or even economically viable to create an entire class of people who are effectively turned into unpersons? And can no allowances be made for the actual reality of rehabilitation? As a spokesperson from Airbnb says in the court's piece, that is, quote, worth discussing, end quote. And here's another court story that is grappling with the realities of modern life. A German court last week ruled that the parents of a teenager who died in 2012 should be allowed to access her Facebook account, including her private messages. The girl in question was apparently hit by a train, and her parents have wanted to look into her accounts to determine whether or not she committed suicide. Facebook has argued that it couldn't give access on privacy grounds, not just the girl's privacy, but also the privacy of those other Facebook users that the girl had interacted with on the service. See, it's not quite as black and white an issue as you thought, right? But the parents argued that digital content should be passed on to heirs in the same way that letters, books, and diaries are, and the German court agreed. In a statement, a Facebook spokesperson said, quote, These questions how to weigh the wishes of the relatives and protect the privacy of third parties are some of the toughest we've confronted. We empathize with the family. At the same time, Facebook accounts are used for a personal exchange between individuals which we have a duty to protect. While we respectfully disagree with today's decision by the court, the lengthy process shows how complex the issue under discussion is. We will be analyzing the judgment to assess its full implications. So by the time you listen to this, Amazon's Prime Day will have already kicked off. Browse around the web, and there's a ton of sites monitoring the great deals that might be popping up. And Amazon itself actually has special pages up that will allow you to be notified of sales in specific categories. Prime Day has been extended for a full 36 hours this year, and there will apparently be a million deals offered worldwide this time. 
up from just about 100,000 only a couple years ago. And heck, one of the fascinating things about Prime Day is how competing retailers now seemingly have to piggyback on Prime Day and offer their own discounts just to keep up. So look around, outside of Amazon even, for great deals in the next day or so. That wily Jeff Bezos, he wins coming and going, right? Amazon's going to move a ton of product and get a bunch of press over the next couple days, but all his rivals have to deeply discount themselves as well just to look competitive. There was an article about Amazon I saw over the weekend that really blew my mind. According to eMarketer, Amazon will likely do $258 billion in U.S. retail sales this year. That will account for 49.1% of all online retail. So Amazon is about to take 50 cents on every dollar spent on retail online. And more impressive than that, that same number represents 5% of all retail sales in the U.S. All retail, online or off. Super impressive, right? Even more so when you dig into the numbers, because the thing that's really fueling Amazon's sales growth at the moment is not even its own sales. Amazon, of course, operates the Amazon Marketplace, the platform where third-party sellers pay to make use of Amazon's retail and logistics platform to sell their own products. Third-party sales on Amazon now account for 68% of Amazon's overall retail sales versus only 32% for Amazon's own direct sales. The funny thing about Amazon Marketplace is the fees that Amazon can charge to allow others to sell on its platform can very often represent fatter margins to Amazon than Amazon can make from selling its own stuff. So Amazon actually makes more money being the middleman than it does being the actual merchant. What is it that I said earlier? Bezos is winning coming and going, coming and going. And I'm not kidding. Today, Jeff Bezos became the richest person in modern history with a net worth that has now officially passed the $150 billion mark. He's worth $55 billion more than the second richest person in the world, Bill Gates. And in inflation-adjusted terms, Bezos is now the richest person ever calculated by Bloomberg since they began their Billionaires Index in 1982. Bezos has gained $52 billion in personal wealth just this year as Amazon's stock has soared. By the way, Bill Gates would still be the richest person in the world had he not been giving away his fortune over the course of the last decade. Anyway, that's the tech meme ride home for today. I've been Brian McCullough. I'll talk to you tomorrow.